Andy, my dude, have you heard of the magical website builder known as Squarespace? Ugh, not another Squarespace ad. I feel like every podcast is sponsored by them. <laughs> hey, 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 don't knock it till you try it. Yes, okay, it is overhyped. But actually, it lives up to the hype. Squarespace is like a website fairy godmother. With a click of a button, your site transforms into a beautiful masterpiece. A website fairy godmother? That sounds interesting. What makes it so magical? Well, for starters, those slick templates make anyone look like a professional web designer. Pick one, customize the colors and fonts to match your brand, and voila. Plus, the drag-and-drop fluid engine is so easy, your grandma could build a site on Squarespace. Well, she did knit me a lovely scarf last Christmas. Maybe website design is next. Exactly. And when you're ready to sell your Nana's handmade scarves online, Squarespace has built-in e-commerce. Add a store with one click. Get flexible payment options. Then watch those sales roll in. And when she wants to teach others her steezy scarf skills, Squarespace's new courses feature is just the ticket. Nana can set up her curriculum and enrollments and payments in a snap and become the next e-knitting influencer. Wow, you really sold me with the grandma angle. Sign me up for that free try. Just go to thenextreel.com slash Squarespace and transform your site into a beautiful Squarespace masterpiece. Well, thanks, Pete. Even though it's overhyped, Squarespace actually sounds perfect for Nana's site's needs. Appreciate the warning on the ads, though. I'll brace myself next time I listen to a podcast. Anytime. Let me know if you need any help getting that site up and running. Andy, can you believe we've almost hit 700 episodes of The Next Reel? I know, it's crazy. And with all the other episodes in our family of podcasts, we are well over 1,200 episodes of movie conversation. It's really pretty amazing that we've gotten to have these in-depth movie chats every week for over a decade now. And we couldn't have done it without our loyal community of film fans. Their support over the years has meant so much. For sure. That reminds me, we should give the merch store a shout out. Buying shirts from thenextreel.com slash merch is a great way listeners can continue to support the show. Plus, they get to support our great designs. Absolutely. I think sometimes folks forget we have a variety of shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more available. In fact, a great place to start is with a shirt sporting the Next Reel's logo. We also have that classic Fast Times Spicoli Surf School tee, or the weirdly popular Rusty's European Tour shirt. The one from National Foods European Vacation. Why is that so popular? <laughs> Search me, but we have sold a ridiculous number of those. I guess there are a lot of Rusties taking trips to Europe? We're always adding new designs based on movies we've covered, like our brand new design for a streetcar named Desire, featuring a streetcar named Desire. So if you want to rep your love of TNR and films, head to thenextreel.com slash merch. Every purchase helps us continue to have these weekly in-depth conversations. So visit thenextreel.com slash merch today. And as always, thanks for listening and being a part of the Next Real community. We've got lots more great movie chats coming your way. It's showtime, folks. Enjoy the show. A fine Saturday matinee to you, Andy Nelson. Top of the morning to you, laddie. See? <laughs> I open it's, the door. It's a thing now. You walk right through it. <laughs> uh, uh, Andy, you went to see uh, Aquaman, the latest entree into the DC Cinematic Universe uh, sure last did. night. Yeah. Tell me all about that experience. <laughs> 
And I don't mean just your thoughts on the movie. I mean your experience watching, or shall I say, trying to watch it. It was just, I, I woke up too early yesterday, and so I was very tired. And so I, uh, I struggled a little bit. I did stay awake, but I was, uh, I was pretty tired. Um, and and your and my uh, my son fell asleep. You have an eight eight year old son. You fell asleep. He has. Yeah, a, let's just say that again. You have an eight year old son who went to the movie Aquaman and fell asleep in Aquaman. You can't fault him for anything other than we we shouldn't have taken him to a later show. On a, I can I can in, fault in him a little. I can I'm not faulting him. I would never fault him. He's adorable. <laughs> I think that there is something for my to be said. Choices. No, I'm not faulting you. You are also adorable. I am faulting perhaps is there's and I haven't seen it yet, so I can't say I'm I'm fishing a little bit here. Is there something to be said about the film Aquaman that actually allows their core target market, eight-year-old boys, to fall asleep? No. And you are also an eight-year-old boy. I think um it was really just too late because he was loving uh every second of it it was that was the problem um it's i mean it's not a perfect movie i i did have quite a bit of fun but um it's just one of those where there's just like there's stuff happening constantly it's like battle 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 and it's just you know it hits a point where it's like i don't know if any of these really mean anything anymore but but dadgummit they made a fun looking movie with a lot of characters and they created a very interesting universe i thought i really okay i enjoyed a lot of the elements with it it's a universe in which sharks roar there are a lot of interesting undersea creatures far beyond sharks that apparently exist at least in this world and how was uh how was the momo jason momoa how'd he do you know he looks great he is uh, man Whoever decided that he would be a great choice to cast as Aquaman, instead of casting like a Chris Pine type or somebody who probably would have looked like how they initially drew him, and at least from my cartoon memory from the Justice League days, yeah, it's um, uh, he's perfect. I mean, he is a brilliant choice to have um, put in that role. I think he's clearly so having fun with it, and uh, and and gets that it's kind of a it's like an Ant-Man type of character. It's like a guy who talks yeah. to fish, you know, <laughs> but right. he's clearly having a great time with it. And just, you know, he, he, he looks and acts the part really well. I'm so glad to hear that. That this, does it feel like it's a different, uh, like in your sense of it, it's a different thing than the, uh, the other entries into the DC universe. Does it cheer it up a little bit? Oh, it ab- like it absolutely. In, in no way is it a dark, morbid story like um, any of the BVS Doge types of movies or yeah. Justice League. This is much more in lines with a Wonder Woman type of thing. And even then, it still is a much more upbeat, positive film. You know, I mean, that one took place during World War One. So by nature, it was a darker story. Um, this one uh, takes place in this kind of uh, undersea uh, kingdom that's very colorful and full of life and interesting things. And it's largely just uh, fun. That's great. I'm, I'm happy. Well, and now I, I know I'm going to have to go see it again because Parker's going to want to see the rest of it. Wish I could get out and see that today. Uh, alas. I cannot, but very glad to hear. Good report. I was hoping I was hoping for a little bit more controversy, Andy. I was hoping for a little bit more controversy. I know you were. It, but, you were fishing. But I'm also I'm also I was fishing in Aquaman. <laughs> oh, 
Early Look morning. Look at that. Yep. Uh, there it was. What else? What else do you know? You seen anything else uh, good? You know, I have been just so busy uh, wrapping work up uh, for the end of the year before uh, the holidays. And I just have not gotten out to see anything. You know, it's it's been a real uh, rough time. And, but I'm hoping now that uh, that I'm on break that I'm going to um, have a chance to fill in uh, some of the gaps that I've been missing. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of gaps. A lot Lots, of gaps. Yes. Uh, I, um, I haven't seen a whole lot, mostly because I was finishing, uh, altered carbon, which is, um, it's way old news now, way old news. It came out. I don't know when it came out early in the year, I think. Um, but I finally got through it and you know what? Uh, I really enjoyed it. I think there were some people who didn't, but I really had a good time with it and it makes me want to read all the books. I didn't even know it was based on a book. So there are three books. Uh, totally uh, great, and it was signed. I don't think it was ever planned to have a second season, but it was signed to a second season. Netflix bought another season of it, uh, even as it was <laughs> lobbing off Netflix properties. Uh, we get another Altered Carbon coming, so that's very exciting. I did watch a, a an interesting and super fun kind of violent film uh, from 1973, uh, Japanese uh, uh, Toshio Fujita film, Lady Snowblood. Have you ever seen that one? I have not, but I saw that uh, pop up in the discord feed that you watched that. And I was like, Oh, wonder what spurred him on to watch that one. And do you know, it was, uh, as you do, you're following YouTube links and one review leads to another leads to another. And a couple of them mentioned this movie and I happened to find it and, uh, watch it. And I, I really enjoyed it. (laughs) There's, there's a lot of good stuff going on, uh, in this movie. There truly is. And also the, the, incredibly generous stabbing blood effects from this 1973 Japanese movie. I, the way when a sword enters a body, the, the way the blood emerges against so many of these white backgrounds is it's so good. It's so it's, I don't know another word to say it's yummy. It's yummy. (laughs) The way this this works. Uh, it definitely fits into the category of, uh, it, you know, like uh, sympathy for Mr. Vengeance and uh, that the, the whole trilogy is it, it's the it's definitely a, a sort of retribution story. Uh, and uh, I had uh, I had a delightful time with it. Uh, I'm so glad that uh, it's been preserved. It's worth checking out. Well, I will have to check that one out because yeah, uh, put it on the list. It sounds quite interesting. It sounds like something I'd have a fun time with. You you would I mean that's why I bring it up. It's your kind of movie, and Meiko Kaji is is fantastic. Uh, is in the starring role, and uh, <laughs> you, Do you would, foresee you would a, a series down the road. Possibly, I it makes me really interesting to check out uh, other films. This is the only film I've seen directed by uh, this particular director, so I I'm very interested in it. Huh. Um, I am intrigued. Yeah, yeah. Color yourself intrigued, Andy. <laughs> I have. I already have. It's kind, of um, a, it's kind of a puce that I look like. That, that's, the that's, that's the color of intrigue. That's the color of intrigue. It's puce, yeah. I don't know if you knew that. But. That's, that's really gross. That's really gross. Uh, the holidays uh, have kicked in, and uh, I, too, have some catch-up to do. Uh, I'll tell you what we are seeing on uh, Thursday of this week is a fathom event. A fathom event. <laughs> Uh, they shall not grow old. Mm. What do you know about this? 
I know it looks really interesting. I'm, I'm color me intrigued again. <laughs> <laughs> You're a little pucier. <laughs> Uh, this is the uh, the story where uh, uh, Peter Jackson and his team they have applied all of their Lord of the Ringsy esque uh, special effects uh, wizardry to very very old World War One footage. Uh, you know, it was all shot. It was all sped up, black and white, no sound. And uh, so they've gone in, they've slowed it down, and they've colorized it, and they've actually made it 3D uh, in one showing. We are not seeing the 3D version of this, uh, but you you could. You could actually go see a, a 3D version of it. And the, the whole idea is to show sort of what World War I uh, looked like. Uh, and uh, I, I think it's a it, it's just fascinating for me. I'm seeing it as a curiosity and that my daughter has bought tickets for uh, her grandfather and I'm joining them uh, for Christmas oh, so, wow. because he's a huge World War One uh, fan and uh, fan. Is that <laughs> <It's> weird? It's <laughs> not a, a fan. He's a history buff and he's curious, ever curious about World War One. The weirdest part, if you haven't watched the trailer, is they've also added voice actors right. to all this old silent film and so you have these dubbed <laughs> actors and sometimes they sound kind of cartoony oh look we're on film yeah right you know it just sounds a little bit cartoony i i struggle a little bit with that but it looks uh it looks like something that could be very very engaging so i'm i'm curious to see all these tools applied to all this history i'm curious as well i'm also curious how it's going to be um received when it comes time to like yeah. Uh, awards nominations um and i'm wondering i mean I, I i don't know the quality of it compared to the quality of other documentaries that are out there i do know that it's there have been you know a very large number of like quality documentaries this year and so i'm curious um if this is going to steamroll over them in the award season only because of peter jackson's name uh being attached or um, if that's going to hurt him, yeah, or if it's, well, uh, yeah. or if people are going to look past that and just judge on quality, <laughs> who am I kidding? People don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a real, that's an interesting uh, bit of of commentary there, and I already think, like, if anything, this movie has some technical awards on lock, uh, but um, I I have yet to see what the story is like what is the story they're trying to tell in this documentary right because i've seen a lot of war documentaries and this one leans so hard on the technical achievement which is good in and of itself but i've seen nothing that that says you know we're, we're telling the story of you know the german invasion of france and britain's response and we i don't know what they're doing i don't know what it's about it's just we took this footage and we made it nice right right uh you know, we put color and removed noise. Well, uh, is that enough? I don't know, but I'm I'm curious about it. Yeah, that's going to be an interesting uh, thing to see. You know, what is the story, yeah. or if, is it just like a um, uh, Ken Burns? This is World War One, ever expansive, yeah. and you're just getting and snippets. It's all of World War One. It's the whole thing. We're going to tell the story of World War One in real time. <laughs> It's still going. That's right. Yes, indeed. Well, cool. Yeah. All right. Shall we do trailers? We shall. All right. Let's do it. Why don't you go first? So my trailer is uh, the new Neil Jordan film, 
uh, Neil Jordan. Uh, you may remember from films like uh, The Crying Game. And uh, what else has he done recently? Um, I can't think of a I don't know. That's a throwback right there, The Crying Game. Yeah, The Crying Game was uh, uh, quite a while ago. But uh, even going farther back, films like Mona Lisa and mm-hmm. uh, Interview with a Vampire, um, uh, The End of the Affair. Uh, his last film credited as a director was Byzantium. Do you remember that one? It was a. I've never even heard of that. It was one. a vampire. Uh, I think it was a British vampire film with Gemma Arterton, Saoirse Ronan, and Johnny Lee Miller. I love those people. Well, the story concerns like a mother and daughter vampire duo who move into a rundown hotel while hiding out from other vampires. Wow. That's one I want to learn more about add to the list right? yeah very interesting <laughs> but anyway this is not this film this is his new film greta which is uh it looks to be really uh really interesting really creepy and i love the way that the trailer sets it up like it's going to be this this um kind of touching story of this young girl who befriends an aging french widow living in new york city after she finds her handbag on the subway and returns it to her and kind of befriends her and becomes you know kind of a a, a substitute daughter for her living uh, or kind of coming over and hanging out with her and all that sort of stuff until the creepy moment when she's looking for uh, some candles to light in in greta's house and she opens up the cupboard only to find a huge collection of uh, similar handbags. And one of them has uh, her name on it. Um, and so basically she learns that this woman um, is almost like this this freaky stalker sort of person who leaves purses on subways in the hopes that someone will return it to her. And then she can kind of infiltrate herself into their life and uh, become obsessed with them. And it's just, it goes into this crazy, like, stalker thriller story, which I think looks really interesting and really creepy. Uh, Isabel uh, Hubert as uh, Greta, she uh, she looks great in the role, and Chloe Grace Moretz is the, uh, is the girl who she starts to stalk. Um, I, yeah, this just looks right up my alley. Creepy stalker movie <laughs> with some really interesting cal- characters. Uh, what do you think of this one? This movie. <laughs> I did not. I just did not know where this movie was going <laughs> at any given moment. It was. Uh, it, it looked like a uh, a cute film in the beginning, as you say, and then it go comes completely off the rails, and suddenly Greta is uh, washing blood off the floor. It just sort of grotesqueries uh, and needles uh, in I, necks, needles in necks, and it just was. It, it was wicked, twisty wickedness uh i think it looks uh i'm very curious about it i love isabelle huper um did you see l i was just gonna mention l uh paul verhoeven's film l in 2016 uh was i thought was so good uh i really enjoyed that movie and um she was great in it so i'm very excited about um I'm very excited about this one. I'm more excited about this one uh, than I would ever have expected to be. It's like older, <laughs> older white female. <laughs> totally is, yeah. looks, looks so good. So yeah, I'm into it. When's it hit? 
Uh, this one is going to be, it, it opened at the Toronto uh, Film Festival earlier this year, but it will have its premiere here in the U.S. on March 1st, 2019, and then Portugal, March 7th, Russia, March 28th, and the U.K. finally April 19th. That's all that's slated at the moment, but hopefully more places will be added to the list as we get closer. All right. Well, Andy, my trailer, I don't know. I, I, I'm excited uh, uh, about this, but, and, and hopeful. I'm deeply hopeful about this movie. Uh, it is all is true. It is Kenneth Branagh's uh, latest film, uh, written by Ben Elton, who I is I think a comedian, right? He was, he was originally apparently part of London's alt comedy, uh, movement in the eighties. Uh, and he was a writer on the young ones and black adder, two of my very favorite, uh, series, uh, as a kid. And, uh, he ends up writing this movie, uh, All is True, which is about the very end of William Shakespeare's uh, sort of life and career and, and what happens as Shakespeare is an old guy. And uh, it also stars Ian McKellen and uh, Judy Dench uh, as his, his wife, uh, as Shakespeare's wife, uh, starring and directed by Kenneth Branagh. And I... I mean, the movie opens after the Globe Theater burns down in 1613, uh, and, and it happens during a, a, a play, uh, uh, Henry VIII, uh, as it's as it's on stage, and so it, that's where it begins, and it it just sort of goes from there about him kind of figuring out what life looks like at the end. I have heard that it is compared. I've heard it compared to. Um, Shakespeare in Love, but that it's like the spiritual, not comedic uh, sort of sequel to Shakespeare in Love, where Shakespeare in Love is like fun and frivolous and and early in his life, and this is the this is what happens at the end. Um, and so I find myself really attracted to this impeccable, uh, I think, uh, makeup work to to give us the stereotypical, like what we think of as the archetype of William Shakespeare in Kenneth Branagh's face. I just, I see it and, uh, and I buy it, it just from the trailer. And I'm very much looking forward to this. What'd you think? Yeah, it's, if there's anybody who uh, can handle Shakespeare, you know, it's Kenneth Branagh. I mean, he uh, has but done. But the question is, Andy, is there's a difference between handling Shakespeare and being Shakespeare? But I think he looks great in the part. I mean, I think it actually looks like a really intriguing film. I'd I'd heard nothing of this one, and so it was kind of surprising to uh, to kind of see this trailer roll around and and uh, look at it and go, oh, that's it, it's an interesting kind of later in life biopic for Shakespeare. So I am yeah. uh, I'm quite intrigued by it. I'm um, I think the cast looks great. Um, inevitably, I think Brana generally picks really great uh, people to be in his Shakespeare projects. And uh, this mm -hmm. certainly looks to be the case here. I did find it interesting, um, and this is not related to the trailer specifically, but just something I didn't know, is that Shakespeare's wife, who's played by Judy Dench here in the film, uh, her name is Anne Hathaway. Yes. And I, I was like, oh, it just... <laughs> That's confusing. Struck me funny. <laughs> <laughs> So it made uh, me wonder, did the actress's parents uh, know that and name her Anne because of that? Or is it just a, yeah. a, a random happenstance? Who knows? Yeah. 
I don't know, but uh, this one does not star Anne Hathaway, although it does star Anne Hathaway, <laughs> uh, played by Judy Dench. I and, and Judy Dench looks great in this in, yeah. in this role. I mean, I just I find in the trailer, I just believe uh, these people. And it's funny, I, I watch these three, particularly Ian McKellen and, and um, Kenneth Branagh and Judy Dench, and I think, wow, this is an example of three people who potentially were born sort of out of time. That. They all look great in all the great projects that they do. But this one feels like just kind of hand to glove uh, for, for these particular performers. And I, so I really look forward to it. It's getting some some quite generous reviews so far, uh, though brief. It is apparently out. It's They've got the limited U.S. release. Uh, it came out on the 21st of December. And um, so it's it's floating around this weekend. I, I don't know, New York and L.A., I'm sure, which means if it's great, we might hear more about it in, uh, you know, early in the next year. Uh, it doesn't actually have a, a specific release date for the U.S., just 2019. It is coming to the U.K. and Ireland February 8th, 2019. So keep keep go. an eye out for this one. I think it's going to be fun. Hopefully it, it gets some legs and comes everywhere. We shall see. We shall see. Cool. All right. All right, Andy. Shall we do now our list? Talk about the list. List this is, time. List yeah, time. I'm, I'm embarrassed. Well, we're talking about the producer's remake from Ot5. Um, and for our options, we put together, again, non-musical films turned into Broadway musicals, hoping <laughs> that someone would pick it and go with that this time. But no. No uh, we one did, did. Animal Puppetry, which came in a very close second. But the one that we're going with is, of course, Hitler Portrayals. Everybody's favorite pre-Christmas thing to talk about. <laughs> you know, I thought when we came up with this, I thought this is going to be a breeze. It's going to be a breeze. Surely Hitler's been here in uh, been portrayed in a ton of movies. And surely I'll be able to come up with all the ones that will make me feel like a good cinema goer. I have not seen very many of those movies, Andy. And I have certainly in my research, I have not seen what are cataloged as the best portrayals of Hitler. And I, it's, it's, it's a curse. Well, luckily uh, we I didn't mean, say the best portrayals of Hitler. We just said right. Hitler portrayals. <laughs> true. That is true. Uh, you want to uh, kick so, us off? Well, I, I, I suppose that, uh, Since it sounds I, I like your list is probably shorter than mine. <laughs> <laughs> I can almost guarantee that. Um, all right, Andy. Uh, the first one is, uh, I think, it may be the most fun on my list. The most fun portrayal, certainly the most violent uh, portrayal uh, on my list, and that is Adolf Hitler as performed by Jorma Tacconi in Kung Fury. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it is a, a massively made-up uh, character. Uh, you may know the name Jorma Tacconi. I don't even know if I'm if I'm pronouncing that Tacconi Tacconi. Uh, he is one of the uh, trio, the Lonely Island, with Akiva Shafter and Andy Samberg. I'm on a boat, yo. Uh, I have loved the uh, Lonely Island since I since I started seeing their shorts appear on SNL, and it was I, I did not know that uh, Jorma was playing Hitler in this movie, and I found this little uh, as I started researching because he's uncredited. I couldn't find him. Uh, and I, I found a YouTube video of them making him up or the, actually unmaking him. Uh, they play it in reverse. So you actually see Hitler and then they start taking his makeup off and you realize, oh, my God, I know that kid. Like, 
he's he's a guy I can I I recognize. So it was it was really fun. The the movie was uh, we did it as I think you brought it as a trailer pick years ago. Um, they so. came out with a short, yeah. and it was. Uh, it, it was a celebration of everything I ever did with my uh, action heroes uh, as a kid under my bed. <laughs> it was dinosaurs, right? Hitler riding dinosaurs. It was fantastic. And so um, that's it. Kung Fury Hitler and his army of death. It makes me regret not having seen Iron Sky or or exactly was the sequel sky sharks or whatever it is sky sharks yeah Yeah. so that i could include it on my list because inevitably it should be here (laughs) exactly don't think i didn't go down that uh, particular i i actually spent so long watching the videos about those movies that i should have just watched the movie (laughs) right yeah i didn't i didn't go that far didn't well for my first choice i'm going with one that i i think it's fair to put on the list um, even though it's uh, not uh, specifically Hitler, but it is because it's a lot of little clones of Hitler who are all getting planted all over the world. Um, it is the really interesting, um, uh, uh, they call it a sci-fi thriller, which I guess it is, but I wouldn't normally say it's a sci-fi film, but it's The Boys from Brazil, uh, Franklin uh, J. Schaffner's uh, 1978 film with Gregory Peck and Lawrence Olivier and James Mason and Uta Hagen and Denim Elliott and Steve Gutenberg. Um, it's a really interesting film about these, um, these criminals from, from Germany who, uh, moved down to, uh, Paraguay and, uh, set up shop cloning Hitler. Uh, Dr. Mengele has, uh, has been making little Hitler clones and is planting them all around the world so that um, they can grow new Hitlers. And then he's going to uh, have them raised exactly the same way that Hitler was, where his father gets taken away from him at a young age and all of these things. And uh, it's, it's interesting because these kids are out there, but um, you know, they, they stop the bad guys and then they choose to just, you know, spoiler alert, they leave the kids out there. Um, just so they can grow up, but say that, you know, they're only kids just burn the list, let them grow up mm-hmm. and just hope that they don't turn into Hitler. I thought <laughs> it was such, such an interesting little movie. I, I had a great time with it. Um, and technically, you know, it's not Adolf Hitler, but it is clones. So I thought it counted. So that's my first choice. I've never seen it. Oh, it's a fun one. It's a really yeah. interesting uh, journey down this uh, crazy cloning world. We should talk about it one day. Absolutely. Yeah. Get it on the list. Make a note. Intern! <laughs> uh, my next pick, Andy, is, uh, again, I I feel like it's I'm skimming the very surface, but it is a movie that I really enjoyed, uh, and that is the film Inglorious Bastards, Quentin Tarantino's film from 2009, uh, Hitler, in this case, was played by Martin Wuttke, who is, uh, I really enjoy him, and I had forgotten how many things I've seen him in. He was in Cloud Atlas as uh, Mr. Borhava. Uh, he was Nepfler and Hannah. He was in The Colony, which uh, the, the guys did on a trailer rewind, or Colonia. Uh, he, he was, uh, he's, he's been in a bunch of stuff, and um, 
also in uh, Sense8, the the Netflix uh, series. He was Volker Baum in Sense8. So if you're a Sense8 fan, he, fan, he's there. I haven't watched all of that either, but um, been in a ton of stuff. And uh, so I just remember his performance in that movie. The movie I thought was fantastic. I love the kind of alternate uh, or alternate uh, history stuff that Tarantino has going on there. But, um, you know, his performance in particular and his cape and everything I thought was just really, really great. And I enjoyed that movie a lot. So, um, and boy, do you get a Hitler it. death scene in that one? You really do. So <laughs> that's a fun one. <laughs> yes, indeed. I, that's one that I, I figured you'd have on your list. Um, yeah, it's a yeah. good one. Um, my next one is, uh, what I think really kind of, I guess you could say it's kind of a, a definitive, um, Hitler portrayal. Uh, it is, uh, played by Bruno Gantz in, uh, Oliver Hirschbeigel, Hirschbeigel's film, uh, Downfall from 2004, mm-hmm. a really, really compelling movie. That's, um, kind of the last days of Hitler and his, uh, his wife and his team as they are inside his bunker trying to figure out, uh, you know, what to do. And it's kind of the very end of the war, very, uh, you know, it was controversial because it made Hitler kind of a human being, but it also has this incredibly um over the top scene uh, uh where Bruno Gantz is playing Hitler is just screaming at everybody and it it turned into like the most memeable thing imaginable as everybody was doing all sorts of crazy you know goofball translations of it that you could find on the internet and it's uh it's pretty funny um to that end but it's a really good film it's really powerful to kind of watch it and just kind of see the end and and kind of what's going through their heads as this whole war kind of comes to an end fantastic uh fantastic film that's uh worth checking out with a a brilliant portrayal of of adolf hitler Uh, so check it out if you haven't seen it downfall i haven't seen it have you seen any Yet of again. the memes? Are you familiar no. with the downfall memes? No, and I came, I came across downfall. This was the first I'd, uh, I mean, I'd heard of the movie, but I, you know, I'd never seen it. And I, I uh, hadn't ever given it a whole lot of thought. And no, I have not heard of any of the memes. It's a, uh, it is a thing. It is a huge thing. Oh, I and, should start. And it's attention something to that even uh, the director uh, thinks is hilarious. Um, he says um, they're just, so funny and he says that you couldn't get a better compliment as a director so yeah so which is funny because he loves it um but the production company does not approve at all and <laughs> they keep um um sending takedown notices to youtube so it's it's funny the back and forth the director loves it and the production company is stop it so in <laughs> fact it it spurred a meme where somebody did it with Bruno or with Hitler saying I want DMCA takedown notices sent on all these videos immediately. <laughs> so. All right, I I'll start. It's one of those I'm sure maybe maybe I have seen the memes and I didn't even know that that's what they were from. I'm I'm that's putting possible. the link in show talk right now so people all can right. look at it. All right, we'll put it in the notes. Uh my final pick is another one I'm sure you're going to say I knew you'd have that on there on your list. It is uh, David Bamber's performance as uh, Adolf Hitler in Valkyrie, uh, a controversial film because Tom Cruise didn't speak in a German accent, I guess. Um, uh, but I still really enjoyed uh, Brian Singer's film. I had a, a fun time with it, and uh, and I thought uh, Bamber's great. I remember just the the turn. You know, he's at the table and he turns his head, and it's very dramatic. And I thought, ooh, good Hitler. I, I don't know, is that? 
Is that something you're allowed to say? (laughs) (laughs) Say, that's a nice Hitler. Uh, And uh, so I thought his performance was great. And that movie was, uh, I don't think it's talked about enough. I think it was a good one. And uh, I, I wish it didn't have all that weirdness when it came out. At least it's it has solidified its position uh, well over six stars in the IMDb rule. It is a 7.1. It's uh, a brilliant so, film. I think it's yeah. just fantastic. A, a really gripping story uh, told very well. Um, I really have a great time with that. Um, the Tom Cruise factors never bugged me. Um, I just think it that, never bugged me either. Yeah. I thought that was so weird. Well, it was also kind of right around that time where everybody was like, you know, he was still suffering a little bit from his couch jumping period and all of that. So, um, but I love it. I think it's a brilliant choice. Uh, Certainly it was on my list and uh, it, it has a rightful place here. I think. Well, it sure does. And the rest of the cast was fantastic. I oh, mean, absolutely. you know, Kenneth Branagh, we've already got him on a list today, which is very exciting. But Bill Nye and uh, Terrence Stamp was amazing. Eddie Izzard was fantastic. I mean, it's just a great uh, set of uh, fantastic actors in this movie. I thought it was great. Yeah. There you no, go. I couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. Well, right, for my final choice, one? as much as I want to throw the great dictator on here because it's a perfect parody of Hitler, unfortunately, it is Adenoid Hinkle, not Adolf Hitler, that Charlie Chaplin is playing in that film. Although yeah. I would just as a note say it's just a fantastic uh, parody of him. So a lot of fun to check that one out. But no, my final choice, and actually it's it's even... I think The Great Dictator is actually a better choice because it actually is doing its job quite well. But um, the intention of lampooning the the dictator. Exactly. Yeah. But because, again, we are in our Mel Brooks series or not Mel Brooks series, but we're talking about these these films right now. Um, Mel Brooks uh, has been a huge part of with the, the producers. And as much as I'd love to throw to be or not to be on here again, since I uh, did have it last week, I chose not to. Instead, yep. I'm doing it's it's essentially like a bit part. It is a spoof gag at the end of History of the World Part One. It is <laughs> when they're talking about previews of coming attractions. Uh, it's a mock teaser for History of the World Part Two, which of course never actually happened, but it promises to include Hitler on ice and. <laughs> For that alone, I wanted to make sure I threw it, threw it on the list because oh. it really, I mean, who doesn't want to see that? It just is, uh, it's complete nonsense. But uh, Nobody, it, nobody it, doesn't want to see that. <laughs> leave it to Mel Brooks uh, to make it uh, something that, uh, that he puts out there. It's just a, a really funny idea, you know, to, to have the little see Hitler on ice. And it's, it's all of like... 15 seconds in the movie but you get this fantastic little ice skating bit of hitler kind of you know dancing on ice. yeah he's doing his uh triple axle and uh yeah he's he's doing his thing yeah it's uh it's great stuff so there you go that closes out the (laughs) list (laughs) (laughs) closes out the list i the only other you know i i actually i did have history of the world on there and i left it off the list because i couldn't remember if I had ever talked about history of the world uh, in one of my picks, uh, but that was definitely a backup. And I also had manhunt, but we've talked about manhunt on the show and you know, that's another thing. Uh, so also yeah. very pretty much. Yeah. Through the sites pick. Yeah. Um, so cool. So what are we doing this week? Well, we are looking at, uh, we're kicking off our uh, look at films nominated for best picture in 1968. 
And starting it with The Lion in Winter, conveniently, uh, is a Christmas film because it uh, takes place at Christmas Court in 1183. So we could do Christmas films. We could do British royalty films. Um, we could do um, arguing family films. We could do families arguing at the holiday films. <laughs> it feels like you've you've done a lot of prep here. <laughs> we could we could do uh, I don't know. I'm running out of steam. I I think that all of those are great. Uh, cr- Christmas films seems a little broad. I think we can never bad to throw thing. a broad one in there, Pete. Never bad. Uh, <laughs> you no, know, that's true. That's it's a safety pick. Yeah. Um, we could do. Um, there, there's a thing about the Lion and Winter, you know, about the the the. There's sort of that spousal, um, you know, marriages that are breaking or broken films, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, broken marriage films. Broken marriage. Everybody's films. favorite topic for the holidays. <laughs> okay, broken marriage comedies. <laughs> <laughs> you jerk. <laughs> uh, oh, so funny. Uh, okay. I, what were yours again? You said them so fast. You were so excited about them. I've already forgotten. Christmas films, British royalty films. Oh, British royalty films. That's you're, you're, I'm the most excited about that one because of, you know, your great affinity to all things British royalty. That's true. I do enjoy British royalty quite a bit. I am eager to see your picks on that. I, I don't know that I, my contributions would be. You won't be here. uh, You won't be here to contribute. Oh, that's right. I'm out of town. You're bailing. Great. It's, it's this gonna is be perfect. In me and, and hopefully, Steve, hopefully someone will. Somebody? Anybody? Andy, <laughs> Andy's just going to read nine British royalty films. <laughs> oh, that's right. Um, yes. I think it's great. So there's let's let's do that. I want to lock my request for British royalty films. British royalty films. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to do uh, Broken Marriages and Christmas films? So we say broken marriage comedies or just broken marriages? Yes. Broken marriage comedies. Good luck. (laughs) And Christmas films. Yeah. Okay. Or should we say Christmas films or films set at Christmas? Films set at Christmas. That's that's right. (laughs) You know, God forbid we're the ones who bring up the whole diehard controversy again. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Jeez. And now we're calling The Lion in Winter a Christmas movie. It's the new great holiday film, everybody. The Lion in Winter. (laughs) Oh, good times. Fantastic. Well, that will go up live here um, in a couple minutes. So everybody get your votes in and uh, we'll be back. Somebody will be back. Um, I know I will, but hopefully hopefully someone will join me. And we will talk about about those films and a new trailer pick for the holidays. Oh, by the way, uh, just yeah. unrelated, but on Aquaman last night, uh, and mm-hmm. I didn't see it online yet, but the new trailer for Godzilla was uh, in front of Aquaman. And Who Baby, that was a great trailer. I had so much fun watching it with all of the big uh, monsters in it. Great old time. So look forward to that trailer. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. All right. There you go. Yeah. Good talk, Andy. All right, buddy. I'll, uh, uh, hopefully, uh, I'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Hopefully. <laughs> I hope. Hopefully. I hope I'll talk to you again. <laughs> uh, well, happy holidays. And yes, uh, yeah. until 2019, then, yeah. I guess. Have a great holiday. 
I love the conversations that so many of our hosts have had on their shows. Steve and JJ on Trailer Rewind, Ray and Ocean on Silver Linings, even Tommy's short-lived No, No, Wait, Hear Me Out. And so many films they've discussed started out as a book, a play, or even a TV series. Well, now you can support our whole family of podcasts by using our new Originals page to buy the original source material used to inspire films covered on our shows. Just visit thenextreel.com slash originals. Your purchases made through our links give us a small commission at no extra cost to you and allow us to keep having these fantastic conversations. It's a wonderful way to support the show. Producing these podcasts week after week require a ton of work behind the scenes. If you'd like to help support our efforts, try using our originals page when shopping for books and movies that we've covered. It's your one-stop shop for Amazon and Apple links where you can buy the book, play, video game, movie, etc. upon which the movie is based. Original material for trailer rewind movies like If Beale Street Could Talk, The Goldfinch, Aniara, or The Two Faces of January. Or Silver Linings movies like Repo Men, which was based on the repossession Mambo. Plus, by using those links to buy books, Amazon and Apple show us a little bit of love, which allows you to support our family of shows with minimal effort. Visit thenextreel.com slash originals. It's a fantastic way to support the show and find a great book to read. That's right. Head over to thenextreel.com slash originals to find your next read and get started today. Mm-hmm.